Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a special, special edition of the Three Man League College Basketball Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers. All made possible by the field of 68. I definitely butcher that intro, Kai, because um, there's just a lot going on in my mind right now. I'm just a very, uh, very humble, very fortunate man. Um, I'll yes. address my own accomplishments. But first, shouts to Martin Luther King. Uh, a great ode to him and this lovely, glorious day and all that he did for our fine nation. Um, there was some basketball yesterday, Jim. I don't really care about what happened yesterday all that much, but you can tell the folks out there what transpired, I guess. Uh, I, I just – I want you – like that's the whole show i like that casual arm up that's that's good that's that's good good point yeah perfect. my feet are my feet are above my hips right now just for context i assume people have seen that with my seat but yeah they're very elevated right now matt, matt is in celebration mode right now and i'll let him say why uh i noticed uconn being bad yesterday 21 turnovers at home against st john's double digit loss at home to st john's it seems like the guards are kind of catching up to them a little bit. They got a lot of quantity this offseason in the portal, and it seems like, okay, we'll throw enough at the wall and something will stick. But it turns out Diara, Aline, Calcaterra, Newton, they're not really top five in the mm-hmm. country guards, and that's that's showing up. Hawkins and Jackson can only cover for so much, Kai. Um, it, it seems like UConn is, is fading back to the pack a little bit here. Unfortunately, Jim, and yes, I point the finger at Dan Hurley a little bit. I think you have to. Uh, he's got a lot of talent still. A lot of talent. I still think they're pretty good, but gosh, that loss to St. John's is tough. Hard to really defend them on that one. Yeah, I mean, my takeaway is Xavier Marquette game was awesome. Two great teams. I think both are incredible. They're both ahead of UConn in the Big East standings. I also want to set Matt up for his takeaway because, come on, man, we got to get on the airways. What's the takeaway, Matthew? Tell us. Tell us. I got engaged, which hey, is the hey, precursor to getting married. Thank you. Mazel uh, tov. Mazel tov. Keep People thought I'm, you know, people think I'm cheating on the game of basketball that I love because I am married to the game, but I'm also married to the, the new game. So uh, playing both sides are very excited. Thank you all for your warm wishes and congratulations. Um, let's get to it, Charlie. Kyle, I'm going to you here first for our kickoff on the outline. Yeah, I didn't watch much basketball yesterday, so I have no actual takeaways or learnings. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's time for Big Ten country as I lounge in my, uh, my nice sofa here. Uh, Michigan State hosting Purdue. Big question here is Malik Hall's availability since he's been uh, back and in the mix, all the while Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogar are playing like all-conference caliber studs in the backcourt. Is Sparty a legit threat to win this conference, and can they take down Mm. the Boilers laying – I'm sorry, giving three and a half and a vintage home dog spot tonight? You need to know Malik Hall's status. If he's out, it's a stay away from me or it's a Purdue lean. If he's in, it's Michigan State. At four, I like to make way better at four. Three and a half, I'd still probably take them with Malik Hall in the lineup. Uh, they did blow the lead to Illinois with, without Malik Hall. I mean, he's vital. They're very good with him in. We've talked about it before. Um, without him, I, I think it's tough to stop Purdue. Now, they are one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the country. Sparty, excuse me, they are uh, the best defensive rebounding team in the Big Ten. But to combat Purdue's offensive board prowess is a different story. No one's stopping Zach Eady. They're the number one offense in the country right now. He's a big reason why. But they also have shooters that are everywhere. I'm just not sure Michigan State can defend all of that without Hall. And Sparty's often 
offense can get stuck in the mud. Um, it's going to take a big effort from Walker. Competency from Hogard. We we get that some games and some games we don't. And a lot of Joey Hazard shooting, scoring off curls, scoring off cuts. It's not super reliable. So, Jim, if Malik Hall is out, I'm leaning towards Purdue. If he's in, I would maybe take a swing on Michigan State. Yep, I think he's that big to the handicap. He's, like, legitimately a difference maker. You can space the floor a lot better against uh, Edie, spread him out, force him to uh, defend in space with Hall out there. If not, then you got a lot of Sissoko, a lot of Cooper, Jackson Kohler. You always have that one paint-bound big, and that's that's kind of frustrating you know that Edie's going to be able to score against almost anyone, especially uh, anybody but Sissoko. Mm-hmm. The the kind of ultimate equalizer is that Painter and Izzo are so familiar with each other. They played like 40 games against each other in league play. Um, I tried to look at the splits. Purdue's 6-3-1 and one against the spread in the last 10. Does that matter? I don't know. It's only a 10-game sample. You go back to 20, and it's essentially a coin flip. So I, I don't want to read too much into that. Um it does sort of compel me towards taking the points, Matt, with with such familiarity between the two. Uh, but that's that really hinges on Hall. If he's not there, they just don't have enough weapons, uh, and I would probably start to tilt towards the Boilers. I kind of like Sparty in the home dog spot. I looked at the, uh, the concerns basically nudged me away. I mean, Edie dominated this game last year. I remember vividly. I think he had 25 mm-hmm. points. Uh, yeah, 22 minutes. So, I mean, like it was a vintage Edie domination in condensed time. Now we know he's getting that full workload this year. I, I assume Izzo will adjust, but does he have the horses up front to adjust? Also, just look at pretty last game. Like, pretty impressive performance. I guess you have to, you know, normalize for the fact that there's no uh, Sam Griesel or Juwan Gary for Nebraska. But just to see Purdue look so dominant with Edie being not a decoy, but, like, not as dom- his dominant self. I, I think it was a good game for these Purdue, uh, these younger guards who have been good all year, but been inconsistent in some spots. I think to give them some momentum, some confidence that this team isn't so ED reliant. Um, yeah, Purdue's a tough nut to crack. I think we all agree that they're probably a little bit overrated, but are they? I don't think they're like a hard sell though at this point. I'm not going to go that far. Um, but yeah, whole status is huge there. All right, staying in Big Ten country, Jimbo. Actually, I'm going to Kai because Kai's the OG Minnesota Gopher Goliath. <laughs> although I've been, I think, the biggest Gopher fan on this program, mm-hmm. and I've been. Uh, I don't partially correct recently because the, the Gophers are playing much more competitively. Mm-hmm. They're actually scoring points, Kai. Imagine what a healthy Jamison battle does for that team. Yeah. Um, but Illinois, uh, they seem back. So what gives in this matchup? The current spread, I think, is nine. So yeah. kind of a big, big spot for a home dog here in the Big Ten. It is. Illinois is rolling. Uh, three straight wins, three straight covers. Do we caveat those at all, though? No Tyler Wall against Wisconsin, Nebraska, and then Malik Hall gets hurt after they were down in the second half. Yeah, close. I'd say, I'd say it's still a good sign for, for Illini fans. They've, they're, they've clearly found some chemistry, I guess. Uh, I'm not going to say it's because of Sky Clark, but perhaps internally they finally took Brad Underwood's messaging, his tough love, and it's showing up on the court now. Minnesota's been competent too. They've had, they have three straight covers of their own, and I watched that whole Ohio State game. I was impressed with Ben Johnson's game plan. It was basically, we're slowing every possession down to a crawl. And no doubt it's going to be the same thing here. He wants to minimize possessions in this game. In that sense, Jim, the spread feels a little bit big. I don't think the barn is a huge home court advantage anymore. But considering this game could be low possession, Minnesota can control the pace. Um, they can probably stick within double digits here. Illinois has the better matchups. It, it might be tough to play Dane Danger. Um, Dawson Garcia can definitely take him into space. But on the other end, he's he's crushing Minnesota on the glass in the post. We'll see what Underwood does with him. But I kind of think Minnesota, I'm staying away. The dancing bear. Yeah. Dancing bear, Mr. Danger. Um, I like Minnesota. I, I, I just think it's a few too many points at home, and they are mm-hmm. much, much better than they were earlier in the year. 
uh, their freshmen, Payne, Ola Joseph, Carrington, they're all improving. And then, yeah, the healthy battle factor is is major. The fact that they have a competent offense now can actually score with people and, and be efficient in the half court, that's massive. Uh, it just feels a little too high to me. I don't think Illinois is completely fixed. I do think they've benefited from circumstances the way Kai mentioned with availability on the other side. They were dead even with Michigan State as seven-point favorites until Hall went out, the the uh, air left the balloon there, and they had a, hit a couple shots late. Michigan State made no threes in that game. I, I know that their, their plan was to extend and take away the three-point line, um, but zero threes and you barely cover – uh, I don't think Illinois is like this perfect uh, team going forward. So, yeah, Matt, I, I definitely lean towards Minnesota here in the home dog spot. Hardly Minnesota. Didn't bet it because I'm still a stubborn lion eye back, and I think there's a little bit of runway for them to get back to that elite level we saw them earlier. But, I mean, just look at Minnesota this year compared to last year. I mean, they're probably – I'd say they are more talented this year, although they're younger this season. So you kind of have to – those kind of you know, net each other out. Last year, Minnesota had that awesome run. Uh, to start non-con and really kind of faded the conference this year. I think it's just a flip script with the injuries they had, the youth they've had. So I, there's definitely some value here for the next you know, couple of weeks with the Gophers. I just, I, I keep choosing the wrong spots to back them or not back them. I didn't play them last game because, you know, Zach was going to play for Ohio state and it turns out, you know, well, Minnesota ends up winning there at Ohio state. So yeah. one, one more um, number here, Matt, uh, Minnesota is leading the big 10 in, in defensive three point attempt rate. So they're taking away threes the best. And opponents are making 44% of their threes that they're actually getting. So I, I think there's going to be some some regression there where yeah. Minnesota opponents aren't going to shoot 45% from deep. Yep. Um, agreed, Jimbo. All right, we're going to ACC country, Kai. Down to Coral Gables where Miami Florida is hosting <laughs> Syracuse. Um, I faded Miami last game, annoyingly. They were, I think, 13 of 18 from three in Boston College. Had every right to be in that game. But it was a reminder, Kai, that this Miami team is – in all the way awesome elite shot making team. Um, I, I tend to think they're a little bit overrated in general, but I think their shot makers and shooting is um, as good as advertised. So I guess my takeaway is tread lightly when fading the Canes, Kai, although I do think the spread's a little high at seven. Yeah, I mean, after that game, they lost to NC State, right? NC State got them in overtime. Uh, I guess there was two games. Yeah, impressive win for the Wolfpack, yeah. I had in my head that Miami was a good zone team. They're just average this year. They don't really have a ton of willing outside shooting. We, we know Wong, Pack, and Miller are capable, but it's not their number one option. And they are a solid offensive rebounding team, but the numbers don't pop out at you. I think Omir does get second chances for them, but I expect them to be a little bit more dominant in my head. Um, so that advantage kind of goes out of my out of the window there for me. Syracuse also quietly five and two in the ACC, somehow not totally dead from an at-large or a conference perspective. There is talent here. They have a couple wild cards with Gerard and, and their freshman Chris Bell has been excellent. They can get hot. Seven points. I kind of lean towards Syracuse actually, but I got nothing strong here. Um, certainly not in the business of fading the Canes at home, Jim. Yeah, the number is what's keeping me off Miami. I, I thought this would be a, a hair lower, especially mm -hmm. coming off the loss. Oh, maybe Miami's a little overvalued. I'm going to stubbornly say they they are an awesome zone team, Kai, despite the numbers. Yeah, uh, just like Jordan Miller feels like the perfect stick him at the free throw line, let him be the playmaker, either hit a floater or dish out to shooters, and then Omir's going to be a monster on the glass, just like a, a headache with his effort level. If you're not going to get a body on him, he will find rebounds, uh, and then the shooting. Like Nigel Pack could hit four threes in five minutes, and suddenly you're just like, why are we zoning this team? <laughs> so yeah, I, I would I would lean towards Miami in the matchup. Number felt a little too high for me to lay it. Um, so I ended up staying away, Matthew. 
Yeah, I guess I could see why Miami would be relatively worse against zone, and maybe just because they're so awesome against man to man, and their pick and roll offense is just impossible to guard. And against the zone, it's a little bit negated. It's like the you know Wong and uh, Wong and Pack are just shooters and not like shot makers, creators. It kind of lessens their value. Just a hypothesis. I have no idea. It makes no sense to me either. Uh, we're heading to DC for our final game before we get to chat my round one. George versus George. That's George Mason versus George Washington. Um, Mason's been subtly improving. Um, and I think it's a team that we thought would be solid preseason, at least I did. And they have the talent to do so. Um, thought they should have won that game at Slewage, but given them three wins. And obviously losing at St. Bonnie's Kai is nothing to um, be embarrassed about. No one wins in only in this season. All that is to say, I like Mason here today, um, even though it's a big number against their crosstown rival. Yeah, the Battle of George, Matt. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on, on the take here, but that's okay. Well, George okay. Mason, first of all, I do want to say, at home, they've been awesome. They're 10-0 straight up. They're 7-3 against the spread, plus four cover margin. Why? I honestly have no idea. But in this game, there is not a lot of home court here. This game, uh, George Washington's 20 miles away from George Mason. There's little home. Historically, these games have been really close, too, between Washington and Mason. Uh, it's always within seven or eight points. Washington's won quite a bit of them. Mason's won quite a bit of them. And George Washington's been putting a lot of solid efforts forward lately. They've been inconsistent, but they're capable of competing. They have the number one offense right now in the A-10. They have stars and Bishop and Adams. And Hunter Dean's a really solid post. Good matchup for Joshua Duro. And without ticket gains in the lineup, George Mason's one and three against the spread, albeit very, very close. The margins have been razor thin, but I think he matters. Um, it appears to be catching up with him maybe a little bit. And I think eight points is just a ton. Um, given these games are close, given the travel's nothing here, George Washington's my best bet at plus eight. Yeah, no gains too. I think the talent level is actually relatively close. Um, they've got it a is. lot of – George Washington has a lot of down transfers that actually could play up uh, against a nearby rival. I think that matters. Caputo's done a really nice job. They're fourth in the country in two-point percentage. And George Mason's actually been vulnerable inside an A-10 play. It hasn't been this like – super stout rim defense with Ojiako and, and Oduro, which is what I would have expected, but the numbers aren't, aren't telling that story. Um, I actually was leaning towards the under for a little bit. And then I looked at both defenses and I <laughs> forgot how bad George Washington is on that end and how efficient they've been offensively. I think I just don't have that properly accounted for in my numbers, Matt. So I did not bet it stayed away. I could see this one getting kind of high scoring. Yeah. No take on the total. I, I remember last year, the, Mason blew that game against G, uh, Washington without Oduro and then uh, got their revenge in the latter. So I was kind of looking at that maybe as a potential revenge spot, but I think it's negated by the fact that they, you know, the rematch was flip flop there. So I think Kai probably has the right side there. As I think more about it, my initial lean was, was going to be awful. Right? He knocks on wood. Uh, he knocks, knocks on wood. Uh, Jimbo, chat out round one. That's my knock for you, Kai. All right, Matt, I'm going right back to you for the other George. You are the owner of King George. The I top. Uh, we got Georgetown. Georgetown, a 14-point underdog at Villanova. What do you got for us here? It's too high, right? This is Georgetown. You forget about them. You write them off as awful, and then they do one of these weird. They compete for 35 minutes. Give Nova a scare, ultimately lose, but they do probably get you a cover. And you're fading a Nova team that I think we're learning is kind of in between the Nova we thought to start and the Nova we saw about two weeks ago. It's kind of somewhere in the middle. Is Brandon yeah. Murray back? That's I know I should care know. about that, They've but injuries. injuries don't matter. That's what I'm gonna uh, kind of hammer that game, home. Last game between these two was tied at halftime. Then Nova won the second half by 16. So maybe if you're looking dog, they they First stand half. up for a half before they crumble. That might be worth looking at. Uh, Kai in the Horizon, 
Purdue Fort Wayne is laying five and a half at home to Cleveland State, who has been just immensely more competent than we yes. thought this year. Um, I think they play up as a decent underdog in my head. Uh, they just blew out IUPUI. Do they mm-hmm. compete again in the Hoosier State? I lean their way at five and a half. Yep. I think, think they can compete. Uh, haven't been blown away by Purdue Fort Wayne at all. So, yeah, lean their way at five and a half. I believe somebody missed last game for Morton Robinson. Eh, he's like a sixth yep. man for Purdue Fort Wayne. Not a, yep. a giant. Replaceable. I agree. Uh, Matt, Matty Akers in the chat asking you, and not specifically you, but you're getting the question. Montana Good. State is laying eight and a half at Idaho. The Vandals kind of were the bane of our existence for a couple of weeks earlier this season. They've tailed off, but is this too many? I actually kind of want to lay it with Montana State, which feels insane given how good Idaho was for that stretch. And they were largely good because of Isaac Jones, who's just been like a revelation dominant big guy up front, completely lifts the ceiling of that team. Uh, but I think there's a scouting report out on him, and there is for sure guys up front for Montana State to guard him. If you take him away for Idaho, they don't really have any other places to turn. So I think the Bobcats in like a Virginia-esque road crockpot type of performance. Montana State's got those two British big boys, Bellow and right. Osobor. Bellow and Osobor. Uh, Kai, we discussed this one very briefly pre-show, but UTEP is getting seven points at Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Super low total here, like wow. 122. You and me both like the dog. We do, and we're anti-market, Jim. It's up to eight at Bet Rivers. Uh, I get it. Charlotte's been really, really good, uh, much better than people expected. They cracked the top 100 recently in Kempom as well. And UTEP, uh, they have one of the worst offenses in the country. It's dead last in the conference, in conference USA. It's like 320th in the country. However, I think they can hang with an eight. Their defense is really, really good. Should be a pretty ugly game. All right, Matt, back to you for an A-10 battle, which it's not the bottom teams in the league right now because Loyola Chicago has emphatically laid that claim. Uh, but St. Joe's at LaSalle, the Explorers, uh, a one-and-a-half point favorite at home here. What do you think? Money's come in here on LaSalle, surprisingly. I actually like Joe's, even more surprisingly, for a guy who's been making fun of that team and, I guess, consequently that coach for the last year. But I, I do think they actually win this game today. Um, they're a little healthier now. I know Greer's been playing better lately, so – Kai, you're a big guy preseason. I've seen some things from him lately. I think Joe's is actually competent. I'll say it. I like him today. When they make shots, they have the highest three-point attempt rate in the A-10, but they have to make shots. Yep. Uh, from Adam, he asked if uh, Cornell can run away from Columbia here. Uh, I, will, I will take this one. It's a 12-and-a-half-point spread, and big. you're like, okay, Cornell, they're going to slaughter everybody. But um, this is a stat from John Fendler on Twitter. Um, Ivy double digit dogs over the last decade are 61 and 35 against the spread. Like it's just really hard for any of these teams to consistently get blown out. I'd imagine some of those ATS losses are Columbia because they've been the dregs of the league for a a little while now, but I just have a hard time with Cornell coming off that monster comeback, emotional win laying double digits on the road in this league feels dicey to me. I would lean towards Columbia. Coaches are too good. Familiarity is too high. I agree. I, I like Columbia here. I don't love it because Cornell is my baby, but I like Columbia. Yep. I think there's going to be a lot of points in that one. I like over again. Uh, I think Kai's easy best bet with Cornell <clears throat> in the last game. It was nice. Yeah. All right, Kai, last one before we go back to the outline. From the SWAC, surprisingly, Aaron mm-hmm. Marshall, Pine Bluff on the road at Bethune-Cookman, peanut butter, as we affectionately call Pine Bluff. Bethune Cookman, yes. a one and a half point favorite. I think I I think they've been sneakily one of the more disappointing teams in the country given yes. the talent level. Um, what what do you got on this one? Uh, Eileen Pine Bluff, and uh, that's because Bethune Cookman's had guys out, and I have no idea who's in or out for this team because they're not covered very well. Derek Carter Hollinger was one of them, 
and one more guy that I forgot about. I just kind of said no thanks to this game. Can't can't trust no injuries. Yeah, I think there's sneakily a lot of good coaches in the SWAC, and Reggie Theus is not one of them. That's kind of a Yeah, this year is an indictment for sure. I thought he was, but this year's been bad. Yeah, for, yeah no question. All right, Matt, back to the outline. We got a few more uh, that we'll hit in the second portion of chat, Mom. Going to Conference USA, I'm going to talk about a team that has been very disappointing lately. Jim, UAB on the road to Murfreesboro. They travel to Middle Tennessee, a team that's been a little bit erratic, but generally more consistent and in general a team I just trust more. Uh, Money's coming on UAB, push it up from minus one and a half to minus three. I am now leaning, although not officially taking, the short home dog in the Blue Raiders. Your thoughts? Yeah, money is basically saying that Jelly Walker's going to play. I think that's the indication after he set out last game, was seen in a boot. Uh, they still took care of business at Louisiana Tech rather impressively there, but I think Middle Tennessee's better than La Tech. So at current number, if Walker sits, I would take Middle Tennessee. If he's out, then it's a stay away from me, Kai. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. UAB actually has some juice uh, beyond Walker. Like Gaines showed why he was a near all SEC mm. player last game. Like, yeah. okay, that's that guy in the CUSA is kind of a cheat code. Um, but I do think Middle Tennessee is going to be feisty if Walker's not in the lineup. Yeah, they covered and beat Louisiana Tech without him. Uh, they were down in the second half, but it was Eric Gaines. He stepped up. He's super talented. Their primary ball handling depth, though, is thin after Walker. Yeah, they, don't need, they don't need it, yeah. right, because he plays most of the game. Um, having Ladarius Brewer back definitely helps. But, yeah, without Jelly Walker, it's hard to really emphatically trust UAB. But Middle Tennessee, who knows what you're going to get with this team. They lost to UTSA. This season, <laughs> they've competed with good teams. I just don't know what they do. Uh, they don't zone a ton, but they will extend pressure. If there's no Walker, maybe that bothers UAB a bit. The line to me still feels a bit short. I can't trust Middle Tennessee, and UAB is still really talented without Walker. So I'd still lean UAB. A uh, big motivational angle here for Middle Tennessee lost by lost in three overtimes in the Conference right. USA tournament last season. Just a crazy game. And this Middle Tennessee st- uh, team is. One that I think plays in relation to their effort level. Like, I think they thrive off how hard they play. So if they're, like, in a letdown spot, I'm less likely to back them. If they're, like, in a really hype spot, like, they play really well. Um, and this definitely qualifies, given what happened last year, um, especially with the money coming out. I might take Middle Tennessee. Now they talk myself third. Good uh, good workshop session, boys. Um, all right, next game. UC Irvine, UC Santa Barbara, Jim going out west. We told ourselves, I think you actually coined this last year, I will always never – that's contradictory. I will always bet UC Irvine when they play UC Santa Barbara, or I will never bet UC Santa Barbara when they play UC Irvine. Does that still hold for you, that creed, Jim? Uh, not, as, not as strongly. UCSB, I, that might have been like two years ago in the pandemic year, and then Santa Barbara ended up winning. They won a that's true, game. Yeah. Like they, they actually kind of unseated Irvine as the big powerhouse. And this is a weirdly different Irvine team. It's not this like dominant interior defense. It's more shot making, which is like really, really shocking to see from a a Russell Turner team. I just think Santa Barbara is better. They're more physical inside now, especially Kai with the injuries that Irvine has been looped in. Uh, Their main big man has been out. I don't know if shot making is enough to make up for it against a team that can kind of match their talent level or even exceed. I'm a Babs man. Yes. Lichten is out again for Irvine. Uh, they got away with it without uh, against Fullerton. It, it, they didn't cover. They got away with it. They got away with it against Northridge. This is a different beast. Uh, Santa Barbara's front court is awesome. Andre Kelly and Miles Norris, it's best front court in the league. Without Lichten in the middle to prevent uh, uh, pain scoring, it's going to be really difficult for them to stop. Also, by the way, Santa Barbara still has the best player in the league in A.J. Mitchell. Having said that, 
Irvine uh, has been the better team this year. Babs has some weird chemistry stuff, maybe. I don't know why they're not better. Um, it's kind of a weird uh, team this season. I still think they can compete here. I still think they can win. And they just have too much talent without Lurkton in the middle. So I, I'm going Babs. I think, yeah, Babs is the more talented team. I agree with that. I just The coaching mismatch for me, I, I don't think that Pasnak's a bad coach, but I, I still trust Irvine uh, more in the spot. And again, I'll cite the exact same anecdote that I mentioned from UA Middle Tennessee. Uh, some revenge here as Barbara took down Irvine last year in the Big West tournament. These two teams are pretty familiar with each other. There's no love lost at all. So uh, I think the number favors UCSB, but I'll, I do lean Irvine with my gut. And we continue heading back east, Kai, to Ivy Country. Mm-hmm. The Palestra Penn hosting Princeton spread hovering around to pick all day, which I think is an app spread. These teams feel like near equals. Uh, Penn trying to get back into the leaderboard contention for the Ivy tourney. What say you on this matchup? Penn hasn't beaten Princeton since 2018. That's a wild stat. I can't believe that. Uh, that goes against really my, my what I thought uh, before looking that up. Uh, this Penn team has been maddening. They have the talent to win the Ivy. They have arguably the best player in Dingle. Maybe it's Tosan on the other side. Uh, but their defense has been an issue as has their ball handling. They have the worst turnover rate in the Ivy, which is shocking with their guard play. But Princeton won't really take advantage of that. They don't turn teams over. That's not really their MO. They will likely score on Penn. It's going to be kind of a turnstile. My hope is that Penn being at home, this is their home opener for their Ivy uh, schedule, it kind of gives them an extra boost. Yeah. Um, they've, they've competed in games and just kind of let, let them go. Should have beaten Dartmouth, blew that game. Should have beaten Cornell, blew that game. I say should have beaten Cornell. Cornell took took care of him pretty quickly after they they took the lead. But I lean towards the red and blue here, Jim. I don't feel great about it, but that's the way I uh, lean. Yeah, it's the year of reversing trends in the Ivy, right? It yeah. wasn't uh, Donahue owned Cornell, and then suddenly yeah. he didn't own Cornell. Um, so <laughs> he's had troubles with Princeton. Maybe suddenly he won't. I do think Penn has better bodies to guard Tosan. In the past, they've been really, really depleted up front. Now they've got Martz, Spinoso, Orca Boyd. All these guys are actually healthy. Lucas Monroe, probably a decent body for him too. So I, I lean Penn. I just think they're um, a little bit better, even-ish. Maybe, a, a, again, a little bit better. You don't give a ton for home in these Ivy games, especially a weird one on a Monday like this. Uh, but I still like the Quakers, Matt. Uh, I stubbornly think they're the best team in this conference. Other, well, Cornell's I, probably past them. but No, I'm with you, though. I I told I wrote this down like my notes weeks ago. I, I fundamentally believe Penn is the best team in this conference, at least should be. I think they have the most talent top to bottom. They have a coach I really like, and they played to a lower level in the non-conference because that type of schedule on top of the injuries they had just kind of like made their results erratic. But we haven't seen like that boost through conference play at all. I mean, losing at Dartmouth is nothing to be proud of. So I don't, I'm, you know, questioning my initial Penn priors, all that as I say, I stayed away, but my, uh, my gut still leans toward the, uh, the red and blue there. Um, lastly, another fun colonial showdown, although it's lost a little bit's luster because the Towson Tigers are not this pseudo juggernaut that some thought coming into this season after their stellar year last season, they're three and two in the league and they're playing a Hofstra team that is, I mean, quite frankly, and Fuego, uh, coming off a what, 24 beat, 24 point beat down of Delaware when they have Aaron Estrada back high, uh, shockingly, he matters quite a bit. So mm-hmm. what's your take on this game? Towson took a little took a little money. I leaned their way initially, but this Hofstra team has been much better. <clears throat> Holden's back for Towson, uh, but man, they disappointed this year. Perhaps Jason Gibson being out is is a big reason. Um, but still, they're too talented and too experienced to be uh, this inconsistent. I think they can win here. I think they can cover. But who stops Estrada? 
Towson's athletic, but I'm not sure they can. Uh, Hofstra's offense is really hard to stop. It's the best in the Colonial. Their guards get in the lane at will, seemingly. Um, I think Towson can get some shots off. Hofstra plays more packed in on defense. Tigers have the number one three-point percentage in CAA play. But I stayed away here, ultimately. Number doesn't really like anything uh, at the current price. It's up to two and a half, Jim. Towson laying two and a half at home. Yeah, I don't want to lay it with them. No Gibson. And I think losing Terry Nolan definitely has hurt them too. They don't have like that athletic point guard to get into the lane. They tried to move Holden over to point guard and that takes away like your big slashing wing. He was an awesome offensive rebounder. Can't do that as much mm-hmm. when he's on the ball. Just ha- the, the roster shift hasn't worked well, especially with Gibson out, who's one of their best shooters. Could have played some point guard. And unfortunately, he's missed like 15 straight games. Hofstra seems like they're rolling that. I think they can put Charles Thompson in space with ball screens. Hofstra's one of the best ball screen offenses in the country. I would probably lean towards the pride here. I, I didn't bet it. it. Towson's just been kind of frustrating. Yes, I agree. I I kind of lean toward the pride. And the more I think about this, like I just think this Towson team is fundamentally different about Terry Nolan. We talked about that early on. I think it's kind of borne out. They, when you watch them, they look limited. They don't look as explosive or as dangerous on offense as they did last season. Uh, and part of that is the loss of with Gibson out of the lineup. I mean, that's just a sharpshooter that they need to. So kind of got some of two of the most important pieces on that end. Um, and that concludes our outline today, Jimbo. It's round two for Mobbery. I don't know who to go to with this one, guys. We'll start with Merrimack. They've had, I think, every game but one this season has gone under the total. Kyle, I'll go to you. Wow. Do you see it being another under here? Uh, their zone just, it, I believe Jordan Majeski coined it the concrete mixer. It just slows yeah. the game to a halt. It does, and Wagner is not an offensive juggernaut, and neither is Merrimack. They play super slow as well. The total was 116.5 at Bet Rivers. That's pretty darn low. Um, I wouldn't take the over. I wouldn't try to time something like this. Um, yeah, I'd probably stay away. Or or just keep riding the trend until it loses. I don't know. Yeah. That's Merrimack's better. offense is horrific. <laughs> yeah. Literally dead last in the country. Actual mm-hmm. quality defense, yeah. No thanks. Matt, you don't have your bows up behind you as a pennant, but they are laying 16 to Cal State Northridge. CSUN, typically a darling of the weave, but they've been maddeningly mm-hmm. bad this year. Is this too many points, though? Uh, no, it's not because CSUN finds himself in that similar tough less than 48 hour turnaround around that you see. I'm sorry, um, who did Hawaii just beat over the weekend? Beach. Uh, Long, Long Beach, yeah. Long Beach. So uh, Northridge just played on the mainland on Saturday. Now they go to the the island less than 48 hours. It's not normal in the scheduling in this conference. I think it really hurt Long Beach, and I think it absolutely hurts Northridge, who just doesn't have the same uh, gusto as Beach does, even though Beach was injured. I have no idea how Northridge scores. Like, Hawaii is a really this good This team should be team. ugly, 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 ugly. Like, if they get to 50, I'll be shocked. Yeah. It, it feels undery for me. Um, all right, Kai, Charleston, ranked team. Uh, nation's longest winning streak 16 and a half point favorites against seemingly a more competent William and Mary squad. Are you going to yeah, lay it with, with the Cougars? William and Mary just beat Wilmington. Uh, shocking. Shocking. Uh, I, I ordinarily, I would lay, I would, I would lay this to Charles. So I think they can take care of business, but William and Mary's proven they've been competent lately. So I'm staying away at 16 and a half. It's a bit high. Yeah. I bet on every William and Mary game between the Richmond outright win and last game, every game I bet on the base clippings. So kind of frustrating. You missed a couple of big efforts there. That's too bad. Um, all right, Matt, North Texas road favorite at FIU down to eight and a half. The the home Panthers have taken a little bit of money. FIU yep. not playing as insanely paced 
last like five or so games, does that help them here? Like the capability of actually playing in the half court, does it make them compete? Uh, yeah, and I think it's nice going at North Texas because you're going to have to do that. They don't, North Texas give you the option. Um, but I think FIU Ballard's made some good changes. Like they really were not in full form in non-conference. They played a lot better, very competitive against Florida. I mean, they probably should have beat their crosstown rival, quote unquote. And then Western Kentucky, just kind of a mm-hmm. tough spot. Now they're back home on a short-ish turnaround while North Texas just makes the short 40-minute drive. So I, I don't know. A lot of conflicting parts of this handicap. I ultimately stayed away. I like that the the spread is lowered. Uh, last game, Tyler Perry kind of went nuts from deep, though. That was the reason they covered. He just hit enough really, really tough shots. So I'll probably sit that out. Kai, a uh, couple questions about this game. Harry R., especially Delaware at Northeastern. Northeastern lane two. Delaware's taking some money despite the injury question mark of Jameer Nelson Jr. I wrote Delaware up for Action Network. I think the Blue Hens are the side. What yeah. about you? Yeah, part of that money's me, Jim. Of course. Yeah, I took Delaware. I don't care if Nelson's out. They can still beat him. Uh, Northeastern's terrible. North, Delaware has plenty of talent without Nelson. So I like I like the Hens. I'm sh- <laughs> frankly I'm shocked they're a dog. I'll yeah, I am too. I am Delaware too. has covered two or three without Nelson. Northeastern has started 10 different guys for more games. They mm-hmm. play the most Benjamins in the country. Cohen has no idea who's good on that team. Yeah. They're just throwing at the wall and they haven't beaten anybody good in CAA play. I, I can't believe they're favored either. Uh, all right. I'll take this one from Ethan W because it's an under question. Uh, Montana at Eastern Washington total of 143 and a half. I do like the under. Uh, they had only 71 possessions last game. Hopefully it's a little slower. It was 87 to 80. So big time shootout. Both teams are better offensively than defensively. I think the difference will hopefully be Mac Anderson playing more uh, for Montana. He fouled out in eight minutes last time. These two played. I think he'll be out there for 20 best defensive rebounder, best room protector. That helps the under uh, Matt back to the CAA for you. The other team down in the South beach area, Florida Atlantic at large contender, they're at Western Kentucky. Is this the spot where the talent plays up for the Hilltoppers as yes. a dog? Yes. And I'm going to be so mad because it's the one year I'm bailing on Western Kentucky. Um, and it's the one year I love FAU and I don't want them to lose and have their at-large hopes um, hang in the balance because of the stupid Hilltops underachieving team. But I think this is the game Western Kentucky wins. Plus five, short home dog, vintage spot. You no know, ACOT? Price. No ACOT. I don't know. At this point, who matters for that team? They've had plenty of talent. No one player matters apparently. This is a spot they rise up, but I think they play well. They get a win today, unfortunately. Wow. Sprinkle yeah. it, baby. Sprinkle it. Yeah, they did the same thing to UAB. It's just UAB. like this is when they play up. Even though Sansbury's still not back on the sideline due to his health issues. Uh, all right, Kai, last one. I believe from the chat mob, Dartmouth at Harvard in the Ivy League. Harvard is a 10-point eh, favorite at home against the, there you the, go. the big double-digit so dog. Double-digit Ivy dog, yeah. Yeah, and Dartmouth has proven it, it's actually kind of confident. So I would lean towards Dartmouth at plus 10. Hey, fellas, can we hit the like button for Matt's engagement? Come on, hit the yeah. like button. For the There's show, a lot too. of people watching the, the show. show. Hit the yeah. like button. For the show, uh, Yeah, I lean towards Dartmouth. Harvard, not a good big favorite either. Like no. just, I like that a lot more as an underdog. Similar can't to make free throws. Can't actually, yes, agree. Hard they agree. cannot make free throws. Well said. <laughs> uh, all right, that is it. Let's get to best bets. I'll lead it off here. I'm going with Elon, UNC Wilmington, under 136. This one is more gut than some of my other under bets on the show, so for warning on that. Uh, but they did just play, uh, both played 48 hours ago. Wilmington's off two losses. I think their defense just strangles a terrible Elon offense. Uh, the first game between these two only had 67 possessions. That'd be great. Unfortunately, they scored 147 points. Very efficient. I don't see that happening again, like I said. I think the Wilmington defense is locked in. Following the back-to-back losses, 
and uh, Elon really, really struggles to score. All right, uh, Matthew, to you. What can Brown do for you? I hope that they can cover for you and I. That's who I am taking, Mr. McKeon. The Brown Bears, not quite a double-digit dog in the in the vein of our double-digit Ivy dog three or trend, but they are catching eight and a half. Uh, there's been some money that's knocked it down, so some sharps tend to agree with me. Not that I really care, but I just think this is a way too high of a number. I know Yale is in sort of that maybe get right spot, that angry spot, but they've been in that spot a couple times and they haven't mm-hmm. played well. So I, I don't, I just don't think this Yale team is as good as we saw in the non-con. And I don't think they have the ability at minimum to put teams away convincingly. Like I think they can come out with an awesome first half, but Brown's got the horses to make a little bit of a comeback and uh, keep this competitively. So this is, this one should be close to eight and a half. Take them Brown. Uh, before I say mine, Brandon Murray is starting for Georgetown. So if you're a Georgetown backer, good news I want to get in on the, want to get on the action. That's yeah. probably a good thing for you. First uh, half, like we said. Maybe. Yeah, first half, perhaps. My uh, my best bet reminder is George Washington plus eight. Uh, I think they can keep it close against their crosstown rival, we'll say, George Mason. Beautiful. Hey, we got Love it. 65 well, likes. Rock on. All right. Good. That's all because of Matt. Way to go, Good Matt. plug, Kai. Good plug. And also because of me. I will try and drum up more uh, life milestone moments to skis out some more likes. But uh, we'll take them uh, organically provided from you guys and come back and join us tomorrow at our usual time, not this time. That'll be noon central, 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Until that time, good luck on your wagers, and let's win some money. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.